0: There are no shortcuts. If you're taking shortcuts in how you lay out your facility, how you lay out your processes, how you approach your uh, sales and marketing, your accounting, your HR, take your pick. There are no shortcuts. If you try to take shortcuts, it doesn't mean you have to over-engineer. It doesn't mean things can't be simple, but if you take shortcuts, it will come back and bite you almost every time.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Sam Coates, and this is the Driven By Podcast. Life's a lot more fun when you're all in and passionate about what you're building. Here, you'll hear me with entrepreneurs, operators, executives, and public servants from all over the country. They'll discuss their commitment to their craft, defining moments, what's made them successful, where things are headed in their space, plus so much more. This podcast is produced by the team at drivenbysamcoats.com. And for more information and episodes, go to drivenbysamcoats.com backslash podcast. Before we get to today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor for today's podcast. AB Jets is a great story. It started very small with an entrepreneur and a dream. And it's now one of the largest Lear 60 jet companies in the United States. AB Jets has received the prestigious Argus Platinum rating the last eight consecutive years, which goes to less than 5% of operators in the world. So bypass the hassle and fly private. Go to abjets.com for more information or call them at 888 520 Jets. Hey, everybody. Happy early Thanksgiving to you and your families, for those of us in the United States and a few other countries that celebrate it. My guest today is Danny Palo. Danny is the CEO of Vital Records Control. It's an incredible growth story of an information management company that started almost 40 years ago when they did just at $300,000 a year in revenue out of Memphis, Tennessee. And now today... 80 markets across the United States, and they do $300 million a year in business. VRC has 2,000 employees, and Danny has a very non traditional path. His first job prior to this company was flipping hamburgers, and he dropped out of college, and he's run this company for close to 40 years. VRC Networks is one of the leaders in their industry, and they have no plans to slow down. So please enjoy my conversation with VRC Networks CEO. Danny Palo, Danny, great to see you. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Good to see you. So I read that VRC started in 1981. Is that right? Um, VRC, as it's known, started actually in March of 88.
0: But the precursor company to VRC, the foundation, that's absolutely correct,
1: started in 1981. And you started in 1985. That is correct. August of 85. And you were in college.
0: Um, i was just starting college uh, um, i had only had one job in my life uh, flipping hamburgers uh, up to that point and uh, was going to college i'm old enough it was memphis state Um was going to college at memphis state in the mornings and w- was a delivery route driver in the afternoons for a company called nst which was the precursor to uh to vital records
1: and as you know today you have 80 actual locations Correct. Yet you serve 200 markets across the country, all over the United States, including the Bahamas. And you do well over $100 million a year in revenue. Is that right? And you have close to 2000 people.
0: We're in 80 physical markets, uh, 26, 27 states. We service every state in the United States except for Hawaii. I have a lot of my team that's volunteering to help get Hawaii going, but we're not uh, in Hawaii yet. And that includes Alaska and the only international location In the Bahamas, sales are a little closer to 350 million rather than 100. And yeah, we've got about 2,000 employees. That's correct.
1: Yes, sir. I just didn't say the number because I didn't want to be that's something you keep close. But given your background, that you dropped out of college, started the one job you had, flipping hamburgers, and now you're CEO of this company, what did you see at that time? Or when did you start to know that this was more than just a job to get you through college? I had been working
0: as a driver and, and taking on other uh, duties, including uh, selling safety deposit boxes on the weekends for extra money. And we were in the safety deposit box business at the time. And uh, my uh, manager gave her notice. She was terrific. And, uh, but gave her notice she was getting married and, and big life change for her and, and uh, a 24 seven, 365 operation, like, like, our company just didn't, didn't make sense for her anymore. And, um, you know, I went to my boss and just said, Hey, you're probably going to ask me to help train her replacement. Uh, I'd rather just have that job and, uh, I'll go to school at night and, and, and I want to be the manager. And, uh, he said, nah, no way, no way couple of weeks later he came back and now I look back in hindsight and realize he probably couldn't just find anybody <laughs> but he came back and said all right if you're if you're really willing to do this let's do it and so my either the second half of my sophomore year or the start of my junior year I took over as the manager of the uh, of N S T and VR vital records didn't exist yet and uh, and so that was my first taste of management and to answer your question, the realization where, Hey, maybe this is, you know, more than just a part-time college job. Maybe, maybe there is a career of some sort here.
1: If you're okay with me asking, like, were you kind of down at that stage in life or just high energy optimism? Um,
0: I've, I'm to this day an optimistic. I don't like to do things that are risky, but I am willing to take a little risk Um whether it be with you know with myself or whatever the 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 topic may be and uh, I've always had plenty of self confidence I'm not afraid to uh uh to fail you know you just you 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 got to be willing to get out there and 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 have the gumption to 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 do things and um, so so for me it was a, it was a natural I got this I got this I'm probably more tempered now I was probably much younger much cockier uh uh you know 35 years ago but uh, today I like to think I'm a little more tempered but I've have always been more optimistic than most of my partners and the, and the and the and the and and friends and business people that I interact with and none of that's negative you need the right balance of of optimism and pessimism in any in any group of people and I'm just always going to be more on the the optimistic side of things
1: so like when you see something or you see an issue that other people are seeing the worst case scenario and What do you see that gives you that sense of optimism? Um,
0: I just, um, I just, I believe that doing things the right way, you know, VRC is a service company. Um, I have never sold a product in my life. My entire career has been selling services and I'm I'm a big believer in that if you're selling something that, that your customer needs and you're doing a good job providing that service after you've sold it, that you can work your way through anything, um, whether that be uh, um, a legislation change, a recession, a uh, COVID more recently, whatever that may be, there's no reason to believe that you can't deal with whatever situation comes up, big or small, in your life or in your in your career. I mean, you have to deal with it. So, you know, just hit your pants up and deal with it. I mean, it, it is what it is.
1: And you are that way then?
0: Oh, absolutely. Maybe, like i said maybe more so i i had the uh i had the benefit of uh, youthful ignorance uh uh back in those days cuz i would have you know i would have been uh gosh i would have been 19 maybe yeah i would have been 19 when i when i became uh, the manager at NST and when we opened VRC and i was given the opportunity to see what i could do with it i was 20 i was 2 months away from my 21st birthday so um, I started young and have had the benefit of maybe having that youthful ignorance. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, whatever that saying is, and sometimes uh uh sometimes it's not. But maybe in this regard, uh uh it never occurred to me that we might fail or that we might not get it going or that we might not make this a good thing. And I mean, that just never occurred to me. And I think that's still my attitude today. Uh, sitting around thinking about how we fail is not how my mind works. I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm thinking about how we're going to succeed, not how we're going to fail.
1: And you said roughly $350 million a year in revenue, 2,000 employees. And I know we'll get into the depth and how things have evolved. But what exactly did this three-person NST business do back in 1985? So, NST was
0: probably, there's probably about a dozen of us. VRC started with three people. So, National Security and Trust uh, was in the Eastgate Shopping Center here in Memphis and it opened up as a safety deposit box facility a lot of money was spent 1981 dollars not current dollars um to build the safety deposit box facility huge fault, beautiful facility but you just can you can't charge enough money to make money at a safety deposit box facility um all of the who's who in memphis and and a lot of a lot of us just regular folks had safety deposit boxes there because you could get in 24/7 365 that was the the premium pitch rather than being at the mercy of a bank, you can come and go as you please. Well, that's expensive to staff 24-7, 365. And the bottom line is is you know the safety deposit box business was struggled. In the 80s, computers were, were were making their mainstream appearance and they were very fragile and you had to back them up multiple times per day. And those backups were in huge configurations, whether it be a disc platter that looked like a you know a gigantic cake box or whether a um, uh, an old-fashioned uh, uh, reel-to-reel tape that people associate with music, but for a while that was the primary backup in the in the computer world. And so we would go around uh, the computer centers or the data centers, as they were called, around Memphis, and in some of them we'd go twice a day and pick up the fresh backup, and we would bring the backup from three days ago that was now old. And and so you know that media vaulting business that's still a business today. It's shrunk over time because of course technology has shrunk uh backup media and many companies choose to do that electronic some do a, a hybrid of physical and electronic so we're still in that business today we're not in that facility in memphis anymore but we're still in that business throughout the country today but it's not a significant component of our business just because you know technology uh, uh has evolved so much in the last 35 years so computers what did you do in the 80s with a computer? You may not be old enough to answer that question. You printed it. Nobody wanted to look at it on this little itty bitty uh, monochrome monitor. So you printed everything out of the computer now that you had all this computing power um, at your fingertips. And so paper exploded um, in the late 70s and 80s and into the early 90s. And many of our customers that we were taking care of with the computer tape backups um, came to us uh, in in the late 80s and said, look, we need you to get in the paper records business. We need help. We have all these cartons of paper. We don't know what to do with them. So we got, uh, uh, we bought a small, the records division of a small moving and storage company, um, secured a multi-year agreement with international paper and used those two um, foundational pieces to to launch vital records control in March of 88. And eventually the other entities we had all just became part of the VRC family. But at the time, they were two distinctively different things.
1: AB Jets is a great story. It started very small with an entrepreneur and a dream. And it's now one of the largest Lear 60 jet companies in the United States. AB Jets has received the prestigious Argus Platinum rating the last eight consecutive years, which goes to less than 5% of operators in the world. So, bypass the hassle and fly private. Go to abjets.com for more information or call them at 888 520 Jets. So, you were just plugging away, taking care of customers, and because you love service business or service businesses, just doing whatever you could to prove yourself, being early 20s and doing a good job. And then, as a result, as the world evolved and things changed, people had problems because of how technology. Shifted. And then they just said, Hey, we need you to figure out a solution, but you had that trust. Is that fair?
0: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. The the trust that we earned at NSNT doing doing the media vaulting backup and the high level of service that we provided, without a doubt, provided the opportunity for vital records to exist because the other options you had think of companies with warehouses, you had moving and storage companies, mini storages, whatever, were all these boxes full of paper were going. Well, there was no inventory management, no service to move the boxes from the office to the storage site and back. And when you needed to retrieve that that Palo file, uh, uh, where were you going to find it and how were you going to find it? And so things that within my industry um, would be taken for granted today back in the mid to late 80s, you know, they, these were completely foreign concepts. Uh, particularly in, in a smaller city that maybe was a a few years behind the bell curve uh, at the time, there just weren't any options available. So it just it, it just all came together nicely to to take a stab at it and 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 see if there might be anything in this paper record storage and, and information management uh, uh, industry. and uh, while there was a lot of work in between then and now, the rest is sort of history, as they say. was it fun? I still love going to work every day. I don't love the, uh, I don't mind saying I don't, I don't necessarily love the monotony of, uh, of managing all of the various pieces and parts that go. I do it and, uh, uh, and I do enjoy it in a sense, but i i thoroughly enjoyed back in that day and probably those couple of decades where we were just doing, we were just out doing it, you know, and, um, uh, there's a lot of People in our industry that started and and had medium, small, medium, and large size dreams, and I always had large dreams for VRC. And and uh, uh, perseverance is a is a vastly underrated skill. And um, yeah, I love what I do. I loved what I do then. I love what I do now. And and uh, we just had a lot of fun building VRC. I mean, we just I've got a core group of amazing. People, many of them are still with me. A few of them, unfortunately, um, are not. Have either passed or or retired or whatever the case may be. But I still have a lot of that that group that just helped us get it done. Uh, and and you know we just we had a blast along the way doing it.
1: What do you think was most important to them to where you had that core group for the most part that made it all the way through?
0: As, aside from the obvious, as a company is growing, the people that are helping making it grow. Um, VRC is very much a company, and it's true. Today, you get out of it what you put into it. So, if you if you get in and put an effort in, VRC will reward that effort. And so, certainly, I think that's part of the appeal to that core group, and and hopefully even some of my newer folks. That if you if you get in and 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 lean in and 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 uh, and get after it, then uh, VRC will reward that. We're 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 you hear so many horror stories of companies where you go in and no matter how hard you work, everything is. Cookie-cuttered and you know, monotonized and 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 all of that. And I don't know really anything about it because I've only worked at, at at really the one place my whole life. But at VRC, I've just got that group that took great pride. So, a they were able to grow and provide and raise their families and provide for themselves as 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 their roles and their and their compensation and their responsibilities grew, but also who wouldn't take great pride in helping build something you've helped build it. You you know, it's as much their baby as it is my baby. And, and, uh, so the, there's a real, uh, you know, with that group, there's a real spirit of, uh, you know, we got this and uh, those are the people I lean on when, when, when there's something challenging or customer needs something. Some of the challenges are really positive a customer needs something that seemingly would be impossible to do. I lean on that group and say, you know, we, we, we we thrive on impossible around here. Let's figure it out in my office. I have a cut out uh, slogan that uh, quote by Walt Disney that says, um, you know, uh, it's kind of fun doing the impossible. Uh, cause I'm sure uh, I've not read a, a biography on Mr. Disney, but I would suspect he was told many times early in his career that he's crazy building fantasy land movies and fantasy land uh, uh, amusement parks. And I heard a lot that uh, the records management industry was going to go away, and that, you know, warehousing and service companies don't make it. And you know this this, you know, I heard a lot of that. and candidly, I ignored it
1: then, and I ignore it now. Could you share one or two? of the hardest times you've been through in this business that you feel comfortable sharing? You know, a couple of
0: personal losses in the last two years, I've lost three of the, um, you know, just really pillar members of, of, of my team. Um, uh, As I said, I started young and I had folks that I guess uh, I don't really talk this way, but that worked for me. I, I view this as working together, not somebody works for the other one, but, That 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 worked for me. That were you know significantly older than me, and I always felt like I got more out of the relationship from them and their experiences than I was able to in return give to them. And I have lost um, some of that. And that and that talent is so hard to replace. That that innate trust, where I don't even have to. I wouldn't even have to reach out to. Ah, uh, these couple of guys. Uh, uh, if if an issue went across their desk, uh, positive or negative, they knew exactly culturally how we wanted to handle it, how I wanted it handled, and you know those are hard to replace. When you know there's just certain people. When 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 you lose them, it's just really really hard. So um, that was very challenging for me. That's fairly recent, and then you know candidly, just growth in general. Growth is great. Uh, BRC has done um, what's really only been done in our industry. And our industry's been around about 60 years what we've done in the last five or six years has only been done two or three times in the in the history of the industry growing so rapidly and and going from being regional to being national and You know, but, but you also have new scale and new challenges and you don't want to lose that entrepreneurial customer comes first spirit as you suddenly find yourself with a much bigger size and scope. And those are challenging, uh, things for us that, that we want to make sure we, you know, we want to keep our identity and that brand and, 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 and what made such a loyal customer following at VRC, uh, keeping that going. And so those would be the most, the two most recent things I, I I candidly cannot think of some sort of seminal moment 10 years ago or 20 years ago that, Hey, this happened and we had to deal with this or that, or, or, or whatever. Maybe our business just isn't that exciting, but, you know, uh, you know, we, we I, I can't think of anything that was this, this seminal crossroad of, we had this problem, we had to do this, that, or the other. Uh, um, we've just been very um, heads down, pencils up, growth minded, uh, take care of the customer and the growth will come. And that's worked very well for us for, You know, four decades,
1: and I guess your business is so integral to how the company operates and works that it's stable. That's at least
0: Danny's secret sauce. I take great
1: pride in
0: the fact that I know that a customer needs the services that we provide. They don't have to use VRC to get those services. They can do it themselves. They can use a competitor. They can, you know, we're we're not the be all, uh, catch all, be all but I know they need it. It's in, in COVID terms, we are an essential service. Uh, people need help with their information governments regardless of how they choose to, to get it. And so um, I've always been able, even at, a, even at that young age, that cocky young guy we were talking about, I've always had the ability that I, I know when I'm sitting across the table from somebody and having a conversation, I know they can use what we sell. I'm not trying to convince them whether or not what VRC does makes any sense or not, kind of like a bank. A bank is trying to convince you to deposit your money into their bank. I'm trying to convince you to deposit your information into VRC, whether that's digitally, whether that's physically, whether that's a hybrid of the two, whether you're asking me to take your physical and slowly convert it to digital, whatever you're doing, we do all of that. I just want you to deposit your information with me. So you touched on something that is very core to kind of the secret sauce of both for me personally and how we teach our... Sales and development and leadership folks is you don't have to have the stress of somebody can decide if they want a uniform service, not to pick on uniforms, but you know, can decide if they want a uniform service or not. You know, that's a that's a that's an optical decision. You cannot decide if you want information governance or not. You have to have it. Now you can do it different ways, but you know, that was a really that's a really in in tune question to ask. That's a big part of the secret sauce around here.
1: What could you share? Said any locations. Close to three thousand employees. You yourself decided to let go of your college degree to evolve with and grow this company. Did you? Uh, did you somehow other talk to my mother before? Uh, <laughs> before this podcast, you
0: know, to your to your mother and, and and my my grandmother is long gone. But to your mother and your grandmother, you are not a success, in, in, unless you have that college degree in your hand, and there's there's a certain fairness to that in the in the context that you know, uh, going to college is is kind of a project, if you will. And if you started it, you should finish it. Um, but I was actually a senior at Memphis State and uh, was within, you know, probably 10 classes, 12 classes, whatever of, uh, of finishing. But by that time, uh, VRC was really starting to take off. Um, I was ready to, I had met someone and was ready to start a family and just like so many people that find themselves in, do I finish this 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 journey at college or not? It just at the time made it was, it was a very easy and natural decision, despite the grief I got at home. Uh, you know, it was a very easy decision for me to say, I'm going to focus on this for now. If it doesn't pan out, uh, over the next couple of years, I'll still be in my, my young twenties. I'm young. I've, you know, I can, I can go back and finish. I only need a couple semesters. And, uh, uh but it was a pretty crushing burden to run a 365, 24 seven, you know, uh, business that's trying to grow, and you candidly are running behind a little bit because you know I I I didn't know everything I needed to be doing in the exact order that I needed to be doing it. Uh, you know I was literally the proverbial cart in front of the horse. I didn't have that college degree. I didn't have that previous experience running something to to help me at VRC. I had great mentors and an amazingly supportive board of directors that saw something in me to, to give me a chance to get in flounder a little bit and figure it out. But it was just unfair to the, to the business and to myself. Uh, College just became, just became secondary. And, uh, I still tell myself I'm going to go back and do those last classes. I'm going to do them at Kansas this time, but I keep telling myself I'm going to retire and, uh, put a Jayhawk diploma on the wall and finally make my mom happy. But, uh, it just, it just, it just got to where it just wasn't that important to me. And obviously it panned out and worked out just fine. But at the time it was a, you know, it was a controversial decision within the family for me to, uh, you know, not go on and finish up uh, particularly being so close, but you just,
1: you do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, two things. One, you know, take whatever I say with a grain of salt, but 40 years of commitment and focus and execution. I think that would be the whole point of uh, any degree. Going back, it seemed to me that it really meant something to you when you talked about this core team and people that knew they knew what to do and they didn't have to ask. They knew the way they thought was right. They knew the way that you would want it done. And given the fact of all the people that you've hired, worked with, people you fired, and the people on your team that have done the same over the course of the last close to forty years, what have you learned about people across the country who's actually productive, who's valuable, and what to look for, regardless of what the resume says. I am a big
0: believer, um, and we're in the
1: process of
0: of filling a newly created um, executive position. In fact, within VRC, and so I've been. I'm the world's worst interviewer because uh, the qualifications and all that are great, but you know that that uh, any any interviewer worth their salt can can work their way through that. I spend most of the time when I interview working on the how fit. And I'm very candid and upfront with whoever I'm talking to. I set the table with, look, I may jump around a little bit on you, but I'm I'm doing it on purpose. I want to make sure that VRC is fit for you, and I want to make sure you're fit for VRC. The worst possible thing for both of us is for you to come to work here and we realize uh, this uh, this isn't it. And so that's a lot in our culture, at least at the senior level, is when you're when you're when you're interviewing uh, employees, are they going to have the right personality and sort of um can do gumption to fit in at vrc um if if you're looking to to come in and 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 you know strictly watch this group do this and this group do that vrc is not for you we are very much a roll up your sleeves uh uh get it done you had mentioned my relatively new she's only been with me a couple of years cfo um and she and i hit it off immediately in our, in our initial conversation a couple of years ago. And, and it was easy to see, uh, I have no idea if, if she was the most qualified, wonderful, best, uh, money man, you know, uh, financials manager, CFO, but it was easy in the, in the conversation to pick up on, um, the personality fit and the ability to come in and, and join the team and the culture at VRC and, 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 uh, and that's, that's been a dynamic hire for us and, and, She's terrific, and uh, but I don't know if that helps answer the question or not, but the how fit piece is so terribly important. And in my opinion, I'm not hiring somebody to fly a plane. And if I did, they'd have certain certifications. I guess in the case of my CFO, obviously she had her CPA and other background certifications and whatever. But if you take that down a couple of levels, we're looking for people that have a customer first, team first, how do we get this done, sort of an attitude about things. And, and, And candidly, that's harder and harder to find nowadays. Um, we've sort of evolved into a, into a island of me culture in a lot, a lot of ways. And, you know, it just, it makes it challenging when you want to, when you you know, finding those team oriented. Um, there's nothing wrong with being able to take care of yourself. If you can't take care of yourself, why would I hire you to take care of VRC's customers if you can't take care of yourself? So I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to somebody, you know, I have gumption. I, uh, you want people that have gumption, but you know, within the framework of, of, of a team.
1: Yeah, I'll just double down on that. I was going to say that I saw one of your trucks a few months ago. I mean, I've seen several since, probably seen some driving around while traveling. But the person was, they look clean, they're uniform, they look professional, and they look tight. And just knowing what I know from other projects, other clients, things like that, it kind of stuck out to me. Because when I saw this person got out to put fuel in the truck, I was like, there's a standard there of professionalism and dependability, things like that. There's not much
0: else you could say to me that would make me feel, uh, make me feel prouder or feel better than that. We are, even for our size, uh, we're, we're much larger than we once were, but we're still not an enormously big company. Um, we're very proceduralized. We do have standards we're after from providing um the uniforms and 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 all that to our people to the we have all, all our vehicles uh washed on a regular basis i mean there's just a certain look um that we're after i know i personally uh, if somebody's a vendor of vrc and they pull up in a gosh awful filthy um half broken down vehicle it just doesn't give a good impression that if you don't even care about your vehicle what is it you're here to do you know what is it that you're here to do for me and uh you know, the information governance business is not the sexiest business in the world. We need to have a good look and a crisp look and a professional look. And so I really appreciate you. I will pass that on to the to the right members of my team that uh that really is a, a big compliment. So I appreciate you saying that. Well,
1: yes, sir. But how have you seen things evolve? And what do you think without this being overly negative? I'm just generally curious from a from a scale standpoint, an employment standpoint, what's the trajectory that you see? What have you had uh hold the line on and you and your others within the company and what does that look like over the next 10 20 years that's a that's an interesting uh an
0: interesting question because that's where my optimism fights uh some of the uh some of the trends and I am not a uh qualified to speak on things uh, uh culturally and and probably not even economically you know on a, on a macro scale but it is more challenging to find folks today that want to roll up their sleeves some of our the work positions at VRC are very physical you're working in a warehouse pulling uh cartons of paper on and off the shelves or loading them on and off of a uh off of a uh, vehicle and and delivering them to and carrying them to and from and 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 in and out of uh, the customers locations you know it's a physically demanding job it was a physically demanding job when i was in a lot better shape and did that job uh you know 30 plus years ago and it's uh uh, it's a physical, physically demanding job today, but I would say that you know over time, finding folks that are willing to come in and and take those more physical jobs or or uh, those customer support jobs where you know if a customer's upset, it's only because either we're not we're not getting it done as crisply as we need to get it done, or they've got somebody uh, on their side barking at them that they need this and they need that, and and uh, frustrations roll downhill. Um, in life and you know finding people that are willing to to play intermediary uh, on customer relations those are just challenging positions and challenging things for us. and so everybody I know, whether it's in my industry or outside of my industry is having the same challenges and those sort of uh, uh, what traditionally would have been considered really good, if not starter jobs, you know that second or third job in your life uh, sort of the thing as you're getting going it's just harder to find. I don't even know if that's a negative. It's just the reality of uh, of, uh, of the world now. It's harder to find people that that want to jump in and 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 slot themselves in those roles and and uh, uh, work their way into that next opportunity or or whatever may come with it. But for every every I sit here and, and every slot I sit here and say I can't find somebody, uh, I've got another one where hey, we did, and they're they're a great member of the team. We love to promote from within. Uh, but that is more challenging without a doubt. And and it's kind of a market by market thing. It's not, I think it depends on the economy of the market you're in. If you're in if you're talking about Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville is booming. There's a lot going on. I tease all my Nashville friends in Nashville is very bougie now. <laughs> and so it's it's more difficult, you know, to 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 fill those sorts of jobs in Nashville than it is Lubbock, Texas, uh, you know, uh uh New Orleans, Louisiana, uh Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, Des Moines, Iowa, Colorado Springs. You know, places we have uh, facilities, and and so it just uh, I don't have a great answer for you to that question. I get what you're asking, but I'm not. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Is it's the you know the world has just shifted a little bit, and that started pre-COVID, and and COVID just sort of accelerated all that a bit. But it you know that that sort of shift to it's harder to to find folks that will step in and do these roles, and certainly the compensation for those roles has gone up. A lot, and that's good, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but even to an extent, it's not always the compensation. It's just I'm not going to do this, and so um, you have to adapt and 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 adjust and put other things into your into your how you schedule and how you compensate and and whatever to make people feel like it's it's more worth their while than maybe they what what they walk in the door thinking it is.
1: So is it fair to say that it's a challenge? It's more of a challenge than what it's been, but. There are people that are going to be willing to do the job, and some markets are easier than others, and ultimately it comes down to people's values, how they're raised, things like that.
0: Um, Yeah, to to an extent. That's why I said I'm I'm not qualified to offer an opinion on the socioeconomic uh, uh, whatever's of the world, and I, I wouldn't pretend like I am. But um yeah, it just, it, it depends on the market and we have a fantastic team in Nashville. It's just always more challenging when we have an opening in Nashville to fill than it is. It typically takes a larger pool of candidates and a little bit longer runway to fill a position there than it does in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just Nashville is kind of booming and, and people have more options to, um, to explore and compare and, and uh, you know, it just is what it is. But yeah, I mean, you, there's still plenty of people out there. Uh, um, you don't have to have a, uh, a degree. You don't have to have some sort of an advanced skill set for you know ninety plus percent of the jobs at VRC. You don't have to have you know this long list of of prerequisites in order to come and work and provide for yourself at uh, at VRC.
1: So to go back earlier to how things have evolved. So when computers became mainstream, what you're saying is you already had paper and paper management, but then when things started to be printed that just exploded your space?
0: Obviously, paper has been around a lot longer than computers, but where paper would have been growing through the 50s, 60s, 70s, would have been growing by some single digit percentage um, as companies did the work they were doing. And then ultimately, all the financials would have been done on paper and so forth. But once you had computers become more mainstream in the 80s, everybody was printing things out of the computers. And writing on them and making their notes and then doing reports and what today people take for granted um, just the advent of the word processor rather than a typewriter. Uh, now, all of a sudden you can, you can just make volumes of uh, presentations and memos and letters and and things that you would have been more judicious about previously because you were able to manually type them. Uh, and it's not three, uh, Ladies or men that, that the only ones that can operate the typewriters, everybody in the office suddenly is, is computing and, and, and spitting stuff out. And so paper just suddenly was exploding and growing by 20% a year instead of, you know, seven or eight, or I don't know what the exact stats are, but you had a period of time there where, where I think the, the, the business community, uh, uh, felt like, uh, uh, they were going to get buried alive under paper. And so that, that in turn eventually put the push to, how do we get things to stay in the computer? How do we get more digital? How do we, even if we take it out of the computer on paper, how do we scan it and get it back into the computer digitally? And so that balance still goes on today. So there's still growth in paper even today, but it's back to being, you know, low single digits and not out of control, double digits. And and as I said earlier, you know, VRC, we have a, a thriving digital component of our business, and we still have that sort of backbone physical paper record storage uh, component of the business. And so, you know, there's a good balance of the two.
1: And so then when personal computers, office computers continue to become more mainstream, people are printing documents. So then that flooded the market with with paper. And then when things needed to start being stored digitally, that was almost like this really wonderful intersection for you to where you are still driving with the opportunity of paper, but then you're also creating solutions digitally where people needed that organized, stored, and legally and HIPAA and everything like that.
0: Is that fair? That's, that's absolutely fair. At some point, any company could decide to store their own physical records and either come up with their own system or buy an inventory management system or whatever the case may be. But when you get into the more complexities of, uh, of workflow management and, and getting the, getting the mail scanned in or the final, uh, uh, reporting scanned in or the workflow to, uh, you know, automate your lockbox or whatever the case may be. Those are the things where big companies are really good at that because they spend a lot of money figuring it out. But your SMB, your small and medium companies, um, they need help in that space. And so VRC uh, over the last 20 years has has grown that component of its business. Uh, it's a significant portion of, uh, of what we do today. And so today we tell people when we sit down for the first time is, look, um, if you've got physical, Records you want to store, awesome. We'd love to have them. If you've got uh, digital records that you need organized and some sort of software layered on top of them so you can find what you need when you need it, great. We do that too. The reality is is most most companies have a little bit of both of those two things. And so uh, it doesn't make any difference to us if we're selling you Physical or digital, uh, we just again go back to my statement a few minutes ago. We just want you to deposit your information with us. So what what form it's in is irrelevant to us.
1: I've heard, not from you, but I heard that there's a obviously a well known family out of the Memphis market that was one of your backers or investors. Is that true? Sure. So the the Bell's family,
0: B E L Z, uh, the the proud owners of uh, the Peabody Hotel, Jack Bell's, or uh, or Mr. Bells, as as I refer to him, and and other members of the family and and of the Bells team, they were the original owners along with other prominent Memphians. We had some attorneys and uh, various other prominent Memphians that made up um, the original ownership of VRC, a fantastic group of people that I am uh, uh, forever indebted to for not just the opportunity, But the additional opportunity to just learn from really successful people that um, not everything they touched um, was successful, but they learned from those uh, failures. Another favorite saying of mine is a Nelson Mandela one of uh, uh, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And uh, I think that those are absolute words to live by. Um, and, and, And really from somebody who, you know, when you think who said that, really, really. Resonates and but no the Belzes are are um, fabulous Uh, they're no longer involved with with VRC but they are just a a tremendous family good business people even better people people you know everything that is VRC uh, you know it was their their baby for you know well over thirty years and uh, just fabulous folks
1: and now you have a an investing partner owner in Windjammer Capital.
0: There's only been two owners of, of VRC. So you had the the Memphis group that owned VRC until early 2017. That group, um, I was the uh, uh, the baby of that group, the board, if you will. I was the sweat equity guy, the the younger guy um, of that group, and for a variety of reasons, uh, not the least of which is they recognized that you know the business had a real opportunity here, and and. The current structure and approach to things at, at that time was just going to hold the business back. Um, and so, uh, a, a private equity firm bought, uh, VRC in, uh, March of 2017. And so we've been with them for the last, uh, six and a half years and, and, uh, we are, uh, seven times the size we were six and a half years ago. So it's been a, uh, an equally tremendous partnership with, with private equity that we had uh you know with the Belses and the Lazaroffs and the and uh and the and and our other Memphis uh, owners just just both groups very, very similar in, in a lot of ways in their in their approach to doing things right and, and investing in the business, but but also different and you know private equity is very aggressive where, you know, understandably uh privately held business would be a little more conservative and just you know uh, a lot of things alike and a lot of things different. But you know, uh twenty something years of, of getting to work with 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 the Belses and the other members of the board um prepared me well for the private equity world and 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 that approach too. We were already running a, a a business in the right way when private equity came along. So we didn't we it wasn't an additional learning curve. It was just a matter of doing more of what we were already doing.
1: So I've done some stuff for somebody that sold a good portion of their business to private equity with, in the recent future. And not them, but somebody on their team just talked about some of the battles, some of the tension, and just some of the reality of really building the business and growing it from the ground up. And then in the private equity space, it sounds like you were the child of this business at its infancy that had heart, commitment, dedication, endurance, perseverance, toughness. And then it sounds like this was a very extremely good investment for the bells the lazaroffs whoever else you mentioned what have you learned or what did you see with private equity where they can have an interesting reputation for things to actually be somewhat pleasant versus just a total pain so it's you know my 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 sponsor as we call them is a,
0: a company called windjammer capital so I'll digress for just a half a second, then I'll come back and give a more direct answer to your question. The last conversation and I tell this story frequently. Uh, in fact, I, I I share it when I get invited to Windjammer's annual meeting um, every couple of years to give an update to the investors on VRC. Is the 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 two primary contacts um, that were looking at buying VRC uh, that worked at Windjammer? They're still my primary contacts today. Um, they came to visit me in Memphis and it was just three of us and they said, well, before we do this, we have one question for you. And I said, great. Before we do this, I have one question for you. You go first. And their question was, can you double this business over the next five years? If we back you and I laughed and I said, if you back us, we're going to do a lot better than doubling this business. That that would have never entered my mind to be your last question. That's no problem. Um, they love that bravado because a lot of the the companies you buy, it's not their fault. They may not be in an industry where that was an opportunity, and what whatever it's it's a self serving comment. But I I, I kind of chuckled and said that's no problem. And as I mentioned earlier, we're seven times the size we were uh, six years later. We're seven times the size, much less only being double. So that was no problem. My question to them, which goes into the theme of of your question and our entire conversation so far. My question to them was, "Are you going to let us run the business?" And this has to continue to be VRC. I can't, as much as I want to do this deal, and as much as I see the personal opportunity for me, if this is not going to continue to be VRC, I can't. I I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm I'm I won't do it. And uh, they kind of chuckled and said, "We don't want to run the business. Uh, we don't have any extra people. We're going to come over and put in the middle of your business as long as you're." Uh, uh, running the business the right way and the legal and ethical and correct way and you're hitting your numbers, you're going to run the business and we're going to provide you capital. We all sit around and tell each other that story from time to time and kind of laugh about it. But, you know, it was a very poignant, you know, straight to it. So going back to your question, as with so many things in my life, I don't know why I have all the blessings that I get. And, you know, uh, Windjammer is just uh, was a terrific, uh, uh, blessing. They are a terrific partner. Um, they are super intelligent uh, business people. I, again, I've, I ashamedly, I've helped make them a lot of money, but I have ashamedly feel like they they give me a lot more than I give back to them uh, as far as the knowledge exchange goes. Uh, but, you know, they are just, just, they've been terrific to work with. I have heard many of the private equity horror stories that you're alluding to. I haven't experienced any of that. Um, I think, any group of people, or industry, or collection of anything, it's it's kind of that you know uh, that rule that twenty percent is going to be exceptional. I'm fortunate that Windjammer is in that twenty percent that's exceptional. You're going to have twenty percent that are horrible of any group, and that's the that's the the portion of the group that everybody wants to talk about. And then you've got the other sixty percent that's just kind of in the middle. It's hit or miss. In what you're going to get, but I have not experienced any of the negativity. I've heard a lot of the stories, and uh, you know when I'm at the different conferences, and so I'll hear different things about uh, folks and their sponsors and this and that and the other. But I I'm completely unqualified to have any commentary on that at all. I couldn't be any happier, and uh, um, they are just pro VRC. They want it done the right way. Um, we are very much in complete alignment on on what we're doing and how we're doing.
1: What do you think the Bell's family and others saw in you, where they bet on you? You know, I I,
0: I would occasionally tease Mr. Bell's about what were you thinking. I would no more hire a cocky twenty-year-old, uh, or in his case, promote a cocky twenty-year-old kid to run a department or division within VRC, much less some sort of startup entity. And different times, we're talking you know, late 80s versus, versus. you know, we're in the 2020s now. Uh, he would always look at me with a twinkle in his eye. Um, and by the way, uh, Jack Bellis is the singular most intelligent and gracious person you probably ever have an opportunity um, to meet. But he would look at me with a twinkle in his eyes and say, it worked out, didn't it? And uh, so I, I think the candid truth of the matter is they, they, they maybe saw somebody with just enough Cocky and arrogant. Uh, uh, I, I'll put it use the sports analogy that sometimes you you don't need a veteran. Sometimes you need a kid uh, uh, just to get in there and see if he can shake it up. And, and the reality is, they didn't have much to lose. Uh, uh, it was still an investment. And VRC was a was a startup opportunity. But the reality is, in the scheme of things, it wasn't an an enormous portion of the of the of the investment portfolio for for the for the family or for the for the other owners. So there was a, a fairly light amount of risk to say, Hey, uh, there's huge upside here uh, and very little downside. And and then this guy really wants it and thinks he can do it. So let him have it. And so um, I don't know if it's so much what they saw in me or maybe a little combination of the two, but I was answering that question myself, kind of in a, you know, in a, a self humorous way, just to say, I don't think they had much to lose. So, you know, what, uh, what was the harm in, uh, in letting him have a try at it? And uh, uh, as Mr. Bell said, it did work out. It worked out for them and it worked out for me. So uh, uh, who am I to question their decision making?
1: As much as you feel comfortable two years from now, a year and a half, you'll be 40 years in this business. Yes. Has there ever been a season or a year or two or a gap where you were checked out or you are really struggling to find that motivation of en- of enjoying building this? Yes and no. Never the business, never the team,
0: never the the mission that we had going on with VRC. Um, there were some personality conflicts, just part of the natural maturation of a, of a of a group that had been together thirty plus years. There were some personality challenges going on, you know, in two thousand fifteen and then two thousand and sixteen that were weighing on me. Not to the point that hey, I don't go to work today or anything, you know. Uh, that dramatic, but you know that was a small portion of of one of the additional reasons why it made sense for the original group to say, "Hey, let's let a new group come in and see what they can do um, with the business." That would be the only rough stretch in my entire career, but you know it never really impacted work. And you know, it's 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 funny you touch on the forty years. Uh, none of the previous anniversaries have really affected me, but. When I was younger and dumber and more cocky, I can remember a conversation with my father. I'll try to get through this without choking up, where you know, I, I told him, because he worked 40 years at one company, all in middle management. And uh, you know, I, I teasingly and I didn't mean to offend him, but I, as so often with fathers and sons, I ended up doing it anyway. He was good at doing it in reverse. And, uh, you know, i I just you know, I'll never work 40 years at the same place. That's crazy. And, you know, you got to get out and do this and do that and, and be willing to take risks and this and that and the other. And here I sit, uh, you know, I'm less than two years away from 40 years, uh, uh, at the same place. I, I lost dad a few years ago, so he won't be here to, uh, uh to roast me at, uh, at whatever dinner or celebration we have for, for 40 years. But, uh, that's a big date to me. It's, it's, I don't, I don't think about it a lot, but when you, you've mentioned it a couple of times that I'm, I'm nearing 40 years, um, you know, it's, it's personally significant to me just because of that, that one awkward conversation with my father so many years ago. And uh, you know, so it's a
1: big deal to me. Well, from my side of it, it's just respectable, the commitment and the drive. You know, I've, I've raised a family and, and
0: uh, you just, you just don't think about it like that. If you enjoy what you're doing, and uh, you recognize that every day isn't going to be uh, uh, sunshine and rainbows, as the saying goes, that, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's going to rain. It just it really has not been it hasn't been burdensome where I'm counting the days, weeks, years. Candidly, it's 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 flown by. I can I can vividly remember things from 30 years ago just as easily as I can remember things from three years ago. And, um, you know, it's 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 really been a pleasure
1: did not getting your college degree has that ever held you back or has anything with your inexperience your background ever held you back from as things scaled and management and people so degree candidly
0: no um, I made up for my degree in 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 grit and experience and uh, mr Mandela's uh uh, saying, uh, I, I've always had a different personal saying that you know, uh, uh, I'm slow, but I, but I'm, uh, but I, I learn quick. Meaning, you know, you might get me once, but I, you're rarely going to catch me making uh, the same mistake twice. Which I think is just a different variation of uh, of uh, of his quote. Um, you know, the challenge for me, and I'll answer the question differently than what you asked it. The challenge for me is, is I don't have any other companies experiences i don't have anything to benchmark against you know I'm, I've, I've been at vrc and 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 have been fortunate to help grow it from three people to two thousand so each time there's a new topic or a new plateau or a new this that or the other discussed, i don't have anything to go lean on so it's a it's a tremendous uh, blessing for vrc that you've got this this central person good bad and different that's been here for you know the entire ride but, you know, I have to be self-aware enough to learn to lean on other members of my team and even occasionally outside resources to say, look, I, I I don't have any experience as in this topic we're talking about. I don't have anything else that I can compare. This worked. This didn't work. I don't have any benchmark uh, because this is all I've ever done. So it certainly doesn't limit. I think that's just part of being self-aware to recognize, you know, that just because it's a blessing over here doesn't mean it isn't a challenge over here. You know that would be how I'd answer your question. That's that's been the biggest thing for me. If you've only done it one way, your way or the company's way, for four decades, um, you know maybe that maybe the better mousetrap is how the guy across the street's doing it or the or the gal across the street's doing it. I need somebody to tell me what that is because I don't know.
1: You said earlier that those partners from Windjammer Capital, they say, can you double the business? And how many years did they say? Five. And you said yes. And you said now you've close to tripled it. Is that correct? Um, No, we're seven times the size. Seven. Within five years? Well, we're seven times now.
0: So within, we probably doubled the business within a couple of years. Uh, I don't know exactly what the milestone points would be, but at the five-year mark, we would have certainly been, call it five times, probably five times the size in five years. And we're seven times the size and six and a half. So basically we've been adding a turn each year more or less. Uh, that's probably the best way to, to say it.
1: What was the potential? what did you see that gave you that confidence to to say yes, but to also to get it right? Just the knowledge while I was picking on myself for not having benchmarking uh, on
0: this HR topic or that uh, operational topic. I know my industry I've been the the business leader, minority owner of of, of, of a company in, in in the industry for a very long time and and lots of interactions with my peers, um, most of which, you know, outright owned their businesses or owned the majority of the business were older than me. And so uh I served on a lot of boards. I love to listen. I don't mind I'm I'm opinionated and happy to dive in and and weigh. In probably more sometimes than I should, but I also love to listen. That's how you learn is I like to, I like to listen. So I, I knew my industry, I knew there was an opportunity that there would be a number of people that were ready to, to, to cash in their, their, their version of the American dream and monetize a business that, that they, they quite literally had built as a family. And, and they wanted to, they would want to turn that business over dollars matter, but they also would want to turn that business over to, um, a company or an individual or the combination of the two that they trusted. And that's where the VRC brand has always been so strong uh, in our industry. And so, uh, you know, I had a high degree of confidence that, that we could get out and, and, and have companies that would, we'd be able to merge into VRC. And as we merge those companies in, that would provide additional opportunities to gain new customers and new logos and, and, and new sales wins. And, and so I'd love to tell you, I was you know, omniscient and knew exactly what was going to happen and all that. That's not at all what I'm saying, but I had the confidence to know we'd been doing this on a small scale with, I'm going to call it the Bells Group for simplicity, with the Bells Ownership Group, we've been doing this on a small scale for 30 years. VRC uh, had acquired a number of companies. Uh, we weren't new to having companies merge in with this. Um, we weren't new to going out and winning new logos and contracts that, candidly, a company of ours, size shouldn't have been able to go out and win. So to now have the capital and and what we believed based on the business plan, we would grow the footprint. I knew we we were already doing it. I knew we could do more of it with with more scale and more opportunity, and that's exactly what's happened. So it, it's not as if though um, I had to come up with some new fabulous business plan for um, the windjammer um, group our 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 thesis, as they like to call it in the in the private equity world, um, worked on a smaller scale and it clearly has worked on a bigger scale.
1: And the balance sheet and the capitalization just made that drive forward. That's exactly right. The the key is the uh, the access to
0: capital and 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 the willingness to uh, uh, take the risk associated with um, the extra capital. And that's the you know that's the private equity model is hey we'll take a little more risk uh, in in order to see if we can grow a business and 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 get more uh, reward. And uh, in our case, that's worked out very handsomely.
1: What's most important to you from an acquisition standpoint integrating that and making it go as well as possible?
0: So for every deal we do, you know, we probably turn down at least two, if not three opportunities that either the geography didn't make sense for VRC, um, the revenue mix didn't make sense for VRC, uh, the approach to how the business was run doesn't make sense for VRC. It has, unfortunately, maybe it's got good, good people and and good intent, but just isn't, isn't a well-run business, whatever the case may be, Um, you know, that we've, while we've been, you know, big in the, in the acquisition space um for a number of years now, um, you know, we are still relatively choosy. We, we're, we're having great success. We don't need to go out and do anything that is risky or, or if it doesn't check all the right boxes, we just, we're just not going to do it. Once we acquire something, this is where, you know, I've got a, a, 20 plus year veteran of VRC that leads my in house integration group, and so um, we have a, a literally a 200 and something item checklist in order by first week, second week, third week, whatever after closing, and we just get in and 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 we get the uh, we don't do everything great. We have certainly stumbled and 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 fumbled the football more than once on on different integrations that we didn't do this piece right or we didn't do this piece as well as we could. But you know, we try. We've got a group, and we have a process, and you know, it it has worked very well, the vast majority of the time. But I I would never sit on your uh, podcast or or any other conversation with anybody and say BRC is perfect. BRC is one. You know, we're a service business. We we we. I'd love to tell you we never we never stumble and fumble, but that that's not true. I'm sure we made late deliveries somewhere in the United States today. It pains me to say that, but that's, you know, that's the reality of, uh, we're not perfect. We try and we want to do a good job. And I think we do a really good job, but you know, we're not perfect,
1: but you're obsessed, I guess, with the business and you have been And by y'all being obsessed and you staying in it as long as you have, you know, your craft and you know it better than anybody else or as good as most anyone else.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I, better is a strong word. There are some beh- hyper talented people um, and some really energetic people that I admire um, in, in in our industry from companies much smaller than VRC. Not so much from the ones that are our size or bigger, but a handful of people. Um, so I wouldn't say better, but I would certainly say uh, competent and comfortable. But, I, you know, better is a better is a strong word and it's a relative word. Uh, there's more than one. Approach to things to get things done, and there's nothing wrong if if multiple people are using the same approach to get the same good job done. So not being defensive, but better better would be a strong word. Uh, but yeah, we're we're comfortable in what we're doing and who we are. We recognize uh, I've used this expression a couple of times, and I wear my my team out with it. But uh, even if you've got a good mousetrap today, it doesn't mean you can't build a better mousetrap. And you know we're we're working now to build several areas of the business where we could use better mousetraps, uh, whatever that may be, uh, our approach to uh, invoicing, our uh, 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 approach to analytics, our uh, ability to, to you know, get AI into the business, whatever the case may be, um, you know, get busy evolving or, you know, get busy dying.
1: If you feel comfortable sharing, what was the revenue back in 1985? So 1985 would have been pre-VRC. You would have
0: been just NST. So I'm going to guess it was probably, I don't know, call it three million dollars. I think the better question for you to ask me was, what was the first year revenue for VRC as as you as we started that new venture in 1988? It would have been more like three or four hundred thousand dollars, you know, that first year as we were getting in and and and
1: getting going and uh, and and trying to get the business moving forward. Your team your investors and yourself have grown a business from 300000 to $300 million. That is correct. What have you learned and what advice would you give to any entrepreneur or any executive, for that matter, of a high-functioning operation? What have you focused on first thing in the morning, day in, day out, doesn't matter what's going on, to execute? There are no shortcuts.
0: If you're taking shortcuts in how you lay out your facility, how you lay out your processes, how you approach your uh, sales and marketing, your accounting, your HR, take your pick. There are no shortcuts. If you try to take shortcuts, it doesn't mean you have to over-engineer. It doesn't mean things can't be simple, but if you take shortcuts, it will come back and 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 bite you almost every time. Um and then I think it's important to understand what are the daily things that you need to either do or review or both to be successful. And obviously that's different for different people. For my, my, my folks in the markets, what what we internally refer to as the field uh, team, you know, they need to be looking at delivery performance the day before and uh, uh, making sure first thing in the morning, you ask, what do you do when you get in? First thing in the morning, you best make sure that all everything's processed and ready and you're getting your drivers out the door and, and, and those ladies and men are ready to get out and, and get the customer serviced um, because in the end, getting the customer serviced is the top priority of the day. Whatever else we need to do administratively or human resource wise or whatever, the customer doesn't care about that, nor should they care about that. We need to weave that in between or after taking care of the customer. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, with lasering back to me, you know, my, my my day starts out each day. I'm fanatical about keeping my inbox clean. I find it disrespectful for someone to send an email, even if it's a salesperson They clearly got me off of some list. They may get a response from me, nothing more than please remove me from your list. But I just find it disrespectful to not um, respond to an email. So I'm very fanatical about making sure my inbox is clean. And even if the response is, you know what, I forwarded this to so-and-so or uh, hey, I'll get. On, I'm on this, and I'll get back to you. Or in the perfect world, here's your answer. I view my my internal employees as internal customers. That's the term I use when when training new. When I get an opportunity to provide any training or mentoring to internal managers or or, or internal executives at VRC, is we have external customers, we have internal customers. My job is to give my internal customers what they need in order to be able to service the external customers. That's the circle of life within, within VRC. So my, my day revolves around, you know, it's a, it's a pretty healthy mix. So I'm doing things to help internal customers and I'm doing things to help external customers. It helps me just to, just to you know, compartmentalize it like that.
1: Just being prompt, high level communication, responsibility and prioritizing the customer and top down. And you're keeping things simple and that's how you've operated. And you're saying that's been instrumental. We're all
0: about keeping it simple. Uh, folks that come to work for us that come from larger
1: organizations, it takes
0: a little bit culturally to adjust to we're not going to have five meetings about that. We're not going to set up a, a chat room about this. We're not going to do this about that. Uh no, we're not. You know, we're we're we run we run lean. We got jobs to do, you're empowered to do what you need to do. Everybody needs to be informed and nobody should be in the dark about what's going on. But We're not all going to be in the middle of everything. That's just not an efficient way to run a business.
1: Got it. Last question I got. Could you just share for a couple of minutes what to expect with AI, with automation, with your work, how you've evolved and where you see things headed? So we're really excited. We don't use AI really for much of anything. A
0: few third party software processes use it, but VRC has its own. Developments in our blood. We have our own software packages and always have four. We basically sell four main things at BRC and three of the four. We have our own internal software that 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 interfaces with our clients and that and that we manage. So AI is very much on our radar of we've already identified areas within all three of those different software packages that, hey, we could ingest the requests from customers and use chatbots to populate those requests, they'd be more accurate. They would be, uh, uh, that would decrease the SLA by X number of hours. Uh, You know, uh, there's a possibility for savings there, um, et cetera. And then, you know, there's a lot of, especially on digital services, that you just can't do enough human uh, QA work that, you know, a a, a bot can get in and then seconds do what i could have a team of people doing uh, uh for a week you know a chatbot can go in and do in seconds when you get the parameters built in for look for this and this and this from a from a from a qa standpoint so we're really excited about that and then there's you know a whole variety of other maybe lesser things that are that are down on our list it's not going to revolutionize vrc in my opinion and it's not going to necessarily revolutionize our industry but it definitely provides opportunities in our industry for better value for our customers, better SLAs and uh and better quality of the work that you know um, I'm human, you know I'm not anti-human but you know the opportunity to be able to uh um, use technology to to do all of those things I just described uh you know it's pretty exciting and so uh, uh that won't be instantaneous at VRC. that's a over the next couple of years uh uh, sort of a thing, and I know others in our industry are are looking at it and are excited about it too. But it's it's not we're not one of these industries where AI in the next year is just going to be taking it over and, and all of that. That's not the that's not I, I could be completely wrong there, but it's not going to be a VRC, and I don't think it's going to be within our industry per se. But we are excited. I'm not I'm not anti that. I'm, i think it's terrific technology, and applied properly, can do some terrific things for us and others in our business.
1: I could go on. I could do two hours easily. Just understand this business and how you took it from you and your team from three hundred thousand to three hundred million, and not stopping. And and your story as well. So thanks for doing this. This has been a blast. And man, you're you're a heck of an entrepreneur. Well, thank you, and and
0: and grateful for the opportunity. Uh, uh, it's easy to uh, it's an easy cadence for me. I feel like we've been talking for ten minutes. Uh, it's an easy cadence for me to to talk about uh, VRC and what the team has been able to accomplish. And so I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to share and uh, maybe we'll do a follow-up down the road.
1: i love that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Driven By Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review. Please subscribe to the show. and You can follow me on social, on Twitter and Instagram to join me for future episodes of the Driven By Podcast. Hope you have a great week and see you next time.